well, well, hello, hello out there. It's time for the good old days of radio show. It's a Tuesday, and because it's a Tuesday, it's variety and comedy and drama day. And today is comedy day. Um, a lot of you who are familiar with me know that I like crazy, goofy, silly, ridiculous comedy, bad jokes, puns, whatever else. And so that's what you're going to get today. Um, back in the 1940s, there was a show called It Pays to be Ignorant. It was a satire on quiz shows. So I'm sure all of you have seen quiz shows at one point or another on television. They had quiz shows on radio. And then they had something called It Pays to be Ignorant. And It Pays to be Ignorant was a group of vaudevillians. And for you young people who uh, may have heard the word vaudeville at some point in your life, vaudeville is what happened before radio, before television, and before most anything else. It was acts on stage live in theaters, and they would do music, comedy, jokes, uh, circus acts, crazy things with animals, whatever else. Anyway, um, the this radio program features four or five old-time vaudeville people, and they have a joke file, just like Bob Hope and some of the others had joke files. They had a joke file with a million jokes in it, and they would bring out these jokes, some of which are very corny and stupid and silly, and some of which are quite funny. And they would make fun of the quiz show format every week with a different silly question or two or three, and then a bunch of silly answers. So if you like goofy, crazy, silly humor, stay tuned for some of the best. If you don't like it, you might want to wait till next week and see what we release next week or tune in on Thursday for the scary shows if, that, if that's what does it for you. But for now, you're going to hear the Christmas show from December 25th, 1948 of It Pays to Be Ignorant. And this is WCBS AM and FM, New York. Smoke a Lucky to feel your level best. Lucky Strike's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. Lucky's fine tobacco puts you on the right level, the lucky level, where it's fun to be alive. Get a carton of Lucky Strike today. You are tuned to CBS. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Howard bidding you welcome to It Pays to Be Ignorant. For S-T-A-N-E-E-T. Stay neat, the family barber. How? How do you make an apple turnover? Give it a push. Pay that man $8. How do you make Auntie Freeze? Hide her pajamas. Pay the man $9 because... It pays to be ignorant. To be dumb, to be dense, to be ignorant. Mm. And now, folks, it's time to meet your quiz master, and here he is, the star of our show, Mr. Tom Howard. Thank you. Thank you, Ken Robertson. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? Well, if you had a nice Christmas turkey, here is the gravy. That screwy quiz program with a board of experts who are so dumb, they think Christmas Carol is Madeline Carroll's sister. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled Christmas Neckwear or the Tie That Blinds. 
But here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Thank you. I, uh, I have a poem, Mr. Howard. Oh, sure. Yes, a Christmas poem. I see. Yes. The children's stockings are full of toys, and Mother has a new locket. The guests are full of Christmas joys. Everyone's full but Father's pockets. That's right. That's terrible. Well, what do you mean it's terrible? That was written for me by Ruth Howard, your daughter. One of the best poems I've ever heard. Next... <laughs> Next, we have a woman who used to be a brunette, but she got in a crap game and got faded. A woman... A woman... A woman who hung her stocking up Christmas Eve and three cars went through it. They thought it was the Holland Tunnel. Here she is, Miss Lulu McConnell. Is that so? Well, anyhow, me and my old man had a nice Christmas dinner. Oh, and was he happy. Yeah. He ate a leg, and then he started to dance. Yeah. Then he ate a wing, and he wanted to fly. What part of the turkey did you have? I was tired. I just sat around. All right. <laughs> Next, we have a man. My word, yes. Next. Next, we have a man who was cut out to be a comedian, but they forgot to put the pieces together. A man who reminds you of a small Christmas tree, a sapling, Mr. George Shelton. Say, Mr. How, did you get that box of cigars I sent you for Christmas? Yes, I did. They were just the kind I liked. Well, I'm glad they, well, they were the kind you liked. Yeah, but the box was only half full. Well, they were the kind I liked, too. I see. <laughs> Thank you. Well, those are the experts, folks, in case you're still with us. Uh, here's the first question. It should be an easy one. Yes. Who wrote Dickens' Christmas Carol? Mr. Hart, did you say Christmas Carol? That's yeah, right. you know, Madeline Carroll's sister. Oh, wait a minute. Look, it's a very easy question. If you'll just digest the question, you're bound to get the answer. You mean you want us to eat the question? Oh, I couldn't eat another thing. I'm just full of turkey. Yeah. Besides, I gotta watch my stomach. That shouldn't be hard. Wherever you look, there it is. <laughs> Let's get on with the question. Did you get many Christmas gifts, Miss McConnell? Did I? Oh, I got so much perfume, the boys will be whistling at me for a month. I imagine. That's yeah. nice, yes. Well, tell me, what did your old man buy you? Some stockings. And were they cheap stockings? They were. Every time I walk, they run. All right. <laughs> Look, please, we're forgetting the question. That's good. Who wrote Dickens' Christmas Carol? Lionel Barrymore does it on the radio every Christmas. Oh, I know. You know the answer? No, I know I know Lionel Barrymore. I see. Yeah, let's all wish Mr. Barrymore a Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Mr. Mr. Barrymore. Barrymore. That was very nice. How about wishing me a Merry Christmas? Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Smith. <laughs> I see. So that's what you think of me. Mr. Howard, doesn't anyone like you? I think my mother did. Yeah. Are you sure? Am I sure? Look, let's get on here. Let's get back to the question. Who wrote Dickens' Christmas Carol? You should know that, Mr. McNaughton. Dickens. Dickens. Think. I am thinking, old boy. I'm thinking like the Dickens. I... Uh... <laughs> hey, Mr. McNaughton, did you get that trained animal I sent you for Christmas? You sent me a trained animal for Christmas? Yeah. I never got it. Well, I sent you a letter with a seal on it. With a seal on it. <laughs> Ain't that terrible? Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. You, uh, how can... You sent me a letter with a seal. Please. How did you get it into the mailbox? Well, you cut it out. Politics. Mr. McNaughton, for a man with no brains, you can be awfully stupid. Let's get back to the question. Yes. What did you give your girl for Christmas, Mr. Shelton? Oh, I gave her some imported pearls. Oh. oh, are you sure they were imported? Well, the box had the name of the boat on it. Really? What was the name of the boat? S.S. Kresge. S.S. It... <laughs> nice boat, 
Will you wait until after the program, please, to talk about your gifts, please? Mrs. Norton. Yes. Did you hang up your stocking? Yes, I did, but that's not a very good idea. Why not? The blood all rushed to my head. That ain't that hard. Well, at least you got something in your hat. Yes. You know, Mr. Shelton, you didn't buy me anything for Christmas. Oh, by gosh, I forgot all about it, Lulu. You know, I was going to buy a Sir handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know the size of your nose. <laughs> you know, I was going to buy you a love seat, but I didn't know the size... Well, you cut it out, please. <laughs> That's on here. Never mind. Let's get back to the question, will you? Your wife told me that she put some oranges in your stocking, Mr. McNaughton. She put oranges in my stocking? Yep. Oh, no wonder I walk with a squish. With a squish? <laughs> Isn't this awful? Forget about Christmas for a minute, and let's get back to the question. Well, how do you like that guy? Forget about Christmas. Look. The finest time of the year. Yeah. When people are full of the Christmas spirit. Okay. I bet Mr. McConnell's old man even was full of the Christmas spirit. You can say that again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mr. McConnell, tell me, didn't I see you down at Macy's last week? Yeah, I went down to see Santa Claus. You mean you believe in Santa Claus? I believe in any man who lets me sit on his lap. Now, all right. <laughs> Ken, will you just come in here? and sort of sidetrack the whole thing while I put an ice bag on my head. I certainly will, Mr. Howard. <laughs> Tom Howard will be back in a minute to interview our first guest. The makers of Stay Neat, the family barber whose sponsor it pays to be ignorant, have asked us to eliminate all commercial announcements tonight. From Mr. R.P.M. Davis, Mr. J. Al Fisher... And all of the folks at the Stay Neat Corporation, greetings and best wishes for a merry, merry Christmas. And now a word to the thousands of men and women in retail stores where Stay Neat is sold. The makers of Stay Neat are grateful for your enthusiastic interest and support of their product, without which Stay Neat could not have succeeded as it has. To each of you, a sincere and a very special Christmas greeting. And last, but by no means least, to Tom Howard, Lulu McConnell, Harry McNaughton, George Shelton, Ken Roberts, and all of the other grand people whose talents help to make possible these weekly broadcasts if it pays to be ignorant, Stay Neat sends Christmas greetings and sincere good wishes for continuing success. It's easy to stay neat with Stay Neat. And now back to Tom Howard and It Pays to be Ignorant. Our first guest, please. Well, we have a very nice young man coming to our microphone, Mr. Howard. Yes. May I present to you and to our audience, Mr. Raymond Mallon. Well, that's fine. How do you do, Mr. Mallon? How do you do, Mr. Howard? Uh, we're fine, thank you. It's nice to have you with us. How are you feeling? Fine, Mr. Howard. How are Good. You? Good. Where are you from, would you care to tell I'm us? from the Bronx, Mr. Howard. Oh, from the Bronx. <laughs> fine. Right out of you. What, the Bronx, New York? That's where it's always been. Well, put me in a shoe and call me a heel. I see. I, I used to wo walk up in the uh, Bronx. Right. <laughs> I was a doctor in a dice factory. You, you were a doctor in a dice factory? I was a bone specialist. I see. Very cute. Yeah. Well, you cut it out. A bone specialist. You sure got the head for it. Now, let's get on it. Just, just ignore him, Mr. Mallon. Just ignore him. How long have you lived in the Bronx? All my life, Mr. Howard. Oh, I see. Good. Uh, have you ever been on a radio program before? No, sir. Well, I see you're not nervous, anyhow. Did you have a nice Christmas? Yes, sir, I sure did. Good. Did you get many gifts? Yeah, I got plenty of them. Good. Did you get any you don't need? Oh, cut it out, will you? Stop chiseling. Stop your... 
Will you shut up? <laughs> I suppose you had turkey, Mr. Mallon? Yes, I did, Mr. Howard. Uh-huh. Mr. Shell, did you have relatives for Christmas dinner? No, we had turkey. Yeah, we had turkey. <laughs> that off. Tell me, Mr. Mallon. You uh, say, did you have a cobbler for dinner, Mr. McNaughton? Oh, rather, yes, we had a gobbler. We had five of them. You had five gobblers? Yes, my wife's family came over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some gobbling, I think. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> I must ask you to stop uh, interrupting. Do your work, Mr. Mallon. Certainly Mark. works. What do you think he is, a bum? <laughs> Someone calling my old man? Nobody's calling your old man. No, nobody's calling your old man. That's what you think. Yeah. And you should hear what they're calling him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. What do you work at, Mr. Mallon? I'm a food clerk, Mr. A Howard. food clerk yes, for the AMP or... The Safeway. Store. Oh, the Safeway store. That's, that's nice. Did you bring any samples with Never mind the samples. Well, <laughs> that's super. Uh, oh, super. Are you married? Yes, sir, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does your wife work at? Look, will you stop it? Is your wife with you, Mr. Mallet? No, sir, she's not. Uh-huh. Well, it's been very nice talking to you. We enjoyed this little tete-a-tete with you. Yeah, we sure did. What's your first name, honey? Raymond. Man. Raymond? Yes, Raymond. Ma'am. Now, isn't that a nice name, Raymond? Yes. And isn't he a charming gentleman, Mr. Howard? Okay, he's a very, very, very nice boy. A yes, very a nice boy. Face, yes. he, he's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can just call me Ping Pong. Yeah. I'm an indoor sport. Yeah. <laughs> but your your ping has lost its pong. Now let's go. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mallon, before you go, would you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us? And would you be good enough to read the question if you don't mind? What do you keep in a chicken house? Thank you. What do you keep in a chicken house? Is the house correct, Mr. Howard? Oh, wait a minute, please. Mr. McNaughton, yes. what do you keep in the chicken house? What do I keep in the chicken house? That's it. Mr. Howard, I haven't got a chicken house. Well, look, you don't have to have a chicken house. Well, how can he keep anything in it if he hasn't got one? Yeah. Yes. Please. Mr. Shannon, has your Uncle Webfoot up at Persimmon Ridge got any chicken? Yes, but he's got a lot of trouble with them, Mr. Howard. Yes. They all went out on strike. Well... What do you mean they all went out on strike? I mean they went out on strike. Uh, I suppose they belong to a union. Oh, they belong to two unions. The CIO and the AFL. The CIO? Yeah, the Chickens Industrial Organization. (laughs) I see. Well, what's the AFL? Oh, the American Federation of Layers. I see. (laughs) Now, you're just making that up. Yeah. Chickens on a strike. Well, when I was up there, I threw some corn on the ground. And I saw them pick it. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, you're still throwing. You're still throwing corn. Well, you know, I know a farmer named Dunn. Yes. He has some communist chicken. All right. A communist chicken. Yeah, Rhode Island Red. Rhode Island Red. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon, you said your uncle had chicken. Has your uncle got a coop? No, he's got a sedan. He's got a sedan. A plane! <laughs> Miss McConnell, have you ever been on a farm? Yes, indeed. I spent some of the happiest days of my life on a farm. Fine. Did they have any chickens? Nope, just cows. Cows. I remember one of the cows always had the hiccups. Cow with the hiccups? Yep. Well, didn't they try to stop it? No, they didn't want to stop it. They didn't try to stop the hiccups? Nope. While it had the hiccups, it kept churning its own milk. Yes. You know, my Uncle Webfoot has an awful lot of cows. Oh, that's nice. Yes, yeah. well, tell me, Mr. Shelton, how, how can your uncle tell a he-cow from a she-cow? Oh, it's easy. Yeah. A she-cow carries a shopping bag. A shopping bag. Oh, 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 of course. Why didn't I think of yeah, that? Yeah, why didn't you? Oh, I must be a jerk. All right, please. 
Well, you cut it out before you start to nauseate me. Nauseate? What's that? Oh, nauseate I... means, well, uh, that's when a person shows you how to do something. That's oh. demonstrate. Oh, that's oh, I a beg... demonstrator. I beg to differ. No, a demonstrator, old boy, is a person who draws pictures for magazines. That's illustrator. Oh, no, an illustrator is one of those moving stairways. That's... Take that off. That's escalator. What are you talking about? An escalator is an animal found in the swamps of Florida. Well, you cut it out. That's alligator, a strange-looking creature with short, thick legs, body with bumps all over it, and a very large mouth. Now we're back to Miss McCullough again. Will you step in here and give our good friend $24.45 for being good enough to help us out and thank him for being with us? Thank you, Mr. Howard. I certainly will do that, Mr. Howard. Tom Howard will be back in a minute to interview our second guest. Christmas is traditionally a time when we should think of others less fortunate than ourselves. The makers of Stay Neat are happy to contribute this time to care for the following message. A good many people share similar reactions after Christmas. Although the mood of generosity which has swept the country is heartwarming and fine, there is still the feeling that there has been much giving and receiving of gifts among people already richly blessed with the world's goods. One way to counteract this feeling of excess is to make use of care facilities for sending some of America's abundance to the cold and hungry people of Europe. $10 buys any one of nine different types of packages, which include food assortments, clothing, and household items. And because CARE is a nonprofit organization, you send a maximum $10 value. Although government relief programs are still in high gear, individual aid is much needed and brings a personal message of cheer to renew hope in heartsick people. And now here again is Tom Howard, and it pays to be ignorant. And now, Ken, who is our next guest? Well, we have a very charming young lady waiting outside to meet you, Mr. Howard, and I know you'll be very happy to meet her. Well, I just know I will, Ken, so while you're escorting a young lady to our mic, suppose we listen to the Townsman Quartet as they sing a Tom Howard Jr. arrangement of the winter song. Oh, a song by the fire, past the pipes, past the bowl. Oh, a song by the fire, with a skull, with a skull. Oh, a song, oh, a song by the fire, past the pipes, past the bowl, with a skull. For the wolf winds when you at the doorway, and the snow drifts deep along the road, and the ice gnomes are marching from the Norways, and the great white cold walks But here by the fire we defy frost and storm. Aha, we are warm and we have a heart's desire. For here's for good fellows and the beechwood and the bellows and the compass at the lip in the pledge of fellowship. Oh, here by the fire we defy frost and storm. Aha, we are warm and we have a heart's desire. For here's for good fellows and the beechwood. And the fellows and the cup is at the lip. Oh, here by the fire we defy frost and storm. We are warm and we have a hearty duck. For here's for good fellows and the beechwood and the fellows and the cup is at the lip. 
the boys, and now, Ken, who is that charming guest? Well, here she is now, Tom, and I'm sure you'll agree with me about that charming part of it. Oh. Miss Pat Sheridan. Yes. And here she is. She's all right, then. Well, that's fine. How are you, Miss Sheridan? Oh, I'm fine, thank you, Mr. Howard. Well, we're very glad to hear that. Where are you from, would you care to tell us, Miss Sheridan? I certainly would. I'm from California. Oh, California, my. And I'd like to say a big hello to my grandparents in Alhambra, California. Well, I'm sure they'll be glad to hear from you. You just say hello to your parents. I'll say it too. Hello, Pat's grandmother out in California. How do you like that, Pat? I like that kind, it. That kind of tickles you. Say, uh, uh, what are you doing in New York? You just here to visit or you're here for good? I'm doing television, Mr. Howard, singing and dancing on television. Oh, I oh, see. Television? Yeah. Oh, boy, I can television the minute I see one. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. It's very you... nice having you visit with us, uh, Miss Sheridan. Yes. Certainly is. How, how do you do? How do you do, Miss Sheridan? Oh, yeah. How do you do? Very charming lady, Mr. Howard. Yes, she is. Very captivating. She's gorgeous. Okay. It's a wonderful piece of bric-a-brac. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. She's very neat. Yes, she's very neat indeed. Yes. She'll probably stay neat with stay neat. All right, all right. <laughs> very nice. Mr. Fisher and his men will be glad to hear that, Mr. McCoy. Oh, uh, what are you talking about? She is gorgeous. Yes, she is. She's not only gorgeous, she's not bad-looking either. All right. <laughs> Miss uh, Sheridan, I feel it my duty to tell you not to mind anything you hear from now on. You know what I mean? Anything is liable to happen. I remember the old days when I looked like her. Uh-huh. Well, the new days certainly done you a dirty trick. <laughs> Well, it didn't do you any favors, either. Thank you. Thank you, Miss McNaughton. Thank you very much. Tell, Miss, uh, tell me, Miss Sheridan, uh, uh, you live in New York now? Did I understand you Yes, say? I do live here, Mr. Howard. Well, good. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's convenient. Yes, it is. Do you have a cup of tea? Oh, well, you cut it out. What's your telephone number? Never mind. What makes you so crazy about women? I inherited it. My mother was a woman. Your mother was a woman. <laughs> How do you like New York, uh, Pat? I like it very much. Good, good. I cold. A little cold. A little cold. I suppose you don't mind the snow then, do you? No, I don't mind it, but yeah. <laughs> it's a little cold. inconvenient. I know what Isn't you mean. Isn't it funny, Mr. Howard, when you look at a nice girl like Miss Sheridan, mm -hmm. and the girls don't like to hear about their past at this time of the year, just the present. That's very subtle. I, I hope you didn't expect to get a laugh on that, Mr. Sheldon. I thought I'd get a gift of some sort. It didn't pay off. It didn't pay off. Well, then I gift it back to you. Oh, never mind gifting. <laughs> Tell me, Miss Sheridan, what do you work at? Wait a minute. Let me guess. I, you're a model. Well, partly. Uh -huh. What part? I, all right. <laughs> it could be gloves or hats or something. I see. I, I, I knew, I knew you were a model. You know, Mr. Hart, you know, <laughs> you know that you're positively psychic. Not only that, he's idiotic. Ah. <laughs> Another thing, I bet you're in the movies, too. Yes, I am. Ah, How did you guess? It. Yeah, good guess, huh? I, I, uh, I, what movies have you been in lately? Anyone lately? Well, as a matter of fact, I was just in a new movie with you, Mr. Howard. With me? It pays to be ignorant. Oh, that's right. I, I thought your face was familiar. <laughs> I remember you well. You you wore a beautiful hula hula costume. Oh, yes. Yes. How yes. are things in Honolulu? Uh, all right. <laughs> hey. oh, a grass fight? Uh, that's right. And I left my lawnmower. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Yes, I, I remember that we made a picture of it, Pace to be Ignorant. In fact, we're going to make a series of them, and 
you might be interested to know that RKO, starting today, is releasing that picture all over the country. What's the matter? They're afraid to show it in the city? I see. Let <laughs> me a bit surprised, Mr. Shelton. I, I was in the movies, Mr. Howard. Yeah, you were. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was in that picture, The Covered Wagon. Oh, really? You were in The Covered Wagon? Yep. What part did you play in The Covered Wagon? She was the wagon. <laughs> Tell me, uh, when were you when were you in Hollywood last? I was there a year ago. Oh, a year ago. How long did you stay? All my life. Oh, you you were there a year ago and you hadn't made any visits from the no, east back and forth. Just this one, is. two years yeah. ago. That's all. Uh -huh. How far is uh, uh, Alhambra outside of Hollywood? How far would you? It's say? about a twenty-minute drive. Oh, I see. Out near Glendale or in, in that vicinity, Pasadena, uh -huh. South Pasadena. Oh, I, I like to hear you talk that way. It makes me feel kind of warm with all this snow, that beautiful climate out there. Hollywood. The land of sunshine and technicolor. Yes, 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 yes. I was out in Hollywood. Oh, I see. Yeah, they wanted me for the movies. They did. Oh, yeah. They wanted me for technicolor, uh -huh. but I wasn't photogenic. You, you, uh, you, <laughs> you weren't photogenic? No, I have a peculiar pigment in my skin, mm -hmm. which makes me photograph plaid. Plaid. <laughs> extraordinary thing. That, that should be a beautiful color on uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. color is that? Never mind, please. <laughs> Photograph class. Uh, what are you going to do now that you're in New York? You said you were going uh, on television? Yes, television. Oh, well, that's fine. Oh, I, I can always television. Oh, you said that? Oh, before. that's where I heard it. That's where I heard it. I see. Well, I hope you're going to be a grand, grand success on television, and I know you certainly will. You won't have a bit of trouble with those cameras. Now, will you have a cup of tea and a crumpet? Will you cut it out? What does your husband do, Miss Sheridan? Please, wait till I ask her. Are you married? No, I'm afraid not. She's not married. Well, can I help it? No. What oh. are you looking at me and blaming oh. me for? the girl wants to say stingle, yeah. let right, her stay all right, single. All right, never mind. I'm not doing anything okay, right now. Okay, never mind. Well, you cut it out. It's been nice having you on the program with us, Pat. And I hope before you go, you'll be good enough to reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please. I and will you be good enough to read the question, if you don't mind? What precious metal comes from gold ore? Thank you. What precious metal comes from gold ore? Gold, gold ore what? Gold... <laughs> what do you mean, gold ore what? Well, is it gold or silver, gold or brass? Cream or lemon? Cream or coffee? Pork or beef? North Cut. or south? Will you cut it out? It's just gold ore. All right, gold ore what? Gold ore. Oh, Mr. Howard, look. You can't leave a question hanging up in the air like that. I see. I mean, after all, chin up, stout fellow, stiff of a lip. Yeah, stiff of a lip. Yeah. I mean, what's the matter? Are you getting tired or something? Mr. McNaughton, does your stupidity ache you? Only on a rainy day. Only on a rainy day. <laughs> look, there are different kinds of ore. Gold, silver, iron. Wood. Wood. <laughs> what do you mean, wood? There is no wood ore. What do you mean, no wood ore? How do you suppose I row a boat? All right, all right. <laughs> this gets worse. Let me explain, as if it will do any good. Before we get gold, we've got to get the ore. Gold is a mineral. I thought it was a vegetable. I thought, please, wait a minute. This is commencing to sound like 20 questions. Wait a minute. How can we answer 20 questions? Well, I didn't can't, say can't anything. even answer one. Well, cut it out. Gold is not a vegetable. Now you take 14 carat gold. Well, carrots are vegetables. Uh, <laughs> look, 
The miner goes down into the mines and he strikes a vein. He strikes a vein? Isn't that rather painful, Mr. Hart? All right. Sometimes the veins are very close. My sister has very close veins. All right. <laughs> the ore... The ore is then taken to the smelter. Mr. Hart, did you say smelter? Smelter. What does he do, smell it? Please. I said smelter. Oh, Harry Smelter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry Smelter. It is then refined and put through a process. It then becomes gold ingots. Ingots? You know what ingots are? Sure, that's what they print on our money. Ingots we trust. Oh, that's up. Mr. Sheldon, how old are you? 46. No. You couldn't be that dumb in 46 years. Well, I studied night. Oh, that accounts. <laughs> Mr. McCartney. Yes. Do you know where they get gold? Why, of course, up in Alaska. Alaska? Gets awful gold up there. Ah, look. Look, for the last time, gold comes from the mines. Well, where are these mines? In Iowa. In Iowa? Sure, never heard of Des Moines in Iowa? Des Moines in Iowa. <laughs> Mr. Sheldon. You could graduate with honors from an idiot's college. Thank you, Professor. You know what? All right. <laughs> Let's get on here, please. Gold comes from the mine. So does coal. So does coal. Say, did you know they make coke from coal? Yes, they make coke from coal. They do? Yes. Do you know I've been drinking that stuff for years? I say. Oh, let's get out of the mines, Ken. Will you come in here, please, and give our charming Miss Sheridan $25.45 for helping us out and thank her so much for being with us. I certainly will do that, Mr. Howard. You are, Miss Sheridan. Tom Howard will be back in a minute. Harry Salter plays the parade of the Wooden Soldiers. To Mr. That. Howard, can I go home now? Why, what's the hurry? Well, my old man's got a sore back, and I want to get home and rub him. Well, why don't you put some alcohol on him? I tried that, hmm? but he almost broke his neck trying to lick it off. Nice name. <laughs> As I start to say, folks, before the interruption, here's where we listen to our ignorant baritone with a voice that scares little children to tell you what we mean when we say... It pays to be ignorant, to be dumb, to be sense, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. My secretary quit me. It cut me like a knife. She came back early from her lunch and saw me kiss my wife. So you see, it pays to be ignorant. And the brain beating ain't just ignorant. It pays. 
school for you to be just like me. Well, that's it, folks. That's about all this time. Before I go, I'd like to thank all our listeners for your wonderful cards and gifts. The gang and myself sure do appreciate your kind thoughts. May you all have a very bright and happy new year. This is Tom Howard saying goodbye and good nonsense. Ken Roberts speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for Sing It Again on WCBS AM and FM, New York. 10 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bulova Watch Time. Sincere Christmas greetings from Bulova. Here it is, the Phantom Voice Quiz at its new time, Sing It Again. Remember, only eight more listening days till Sunday, January 2nd, when Jack Benny starts on WCBS. And if you ever wondered what a vaudeville show was like, there it is. Um, that's some people's cup of tea and not others, but it, I love it. I think it's crazy and stupid and, and just hilarious. So um, you will get one of those shows every now and then if you continue to listen to this series. Okay, that was It Pays to be Ignorant from uh, December 25th, 1948 over CBS Radio. Amazingly, they were able to do a show just like that every week for about six years. Uh, they're all roughly the same, except the jokes are different each time, and they ask another stupid question, such as who is buried in Grant's tomb, or um, one on the other one is how many shoes in a pair. It, it went on and on. Um, really, really great stuff if you're into goofy comedy, which I am. Uh, check out our Facebook group, The Good Old Days of Radio Show. You can give your feedback. Tell me whether you like this kind of crazy stuff or you would prefer more traditional comedy, if there is such a thing. Uh, you can ask me questions. You can converse back and forth with other fans and just have a good time there. So stay tuned next Tuesday. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Check in next Tuesday. There will be another uh, variety comedy or drama show and on Thursday turn out your lights and get ready for another scary show in the meantime this is John Tefteller saying good night